You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. For the line, she is gone. Aaron Judge, line one right down the line. Swung on and line to right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third, scoring kind of from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center, it is high. It is far, it is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bomber Brothers podcast. Sean and Ryan with you as always. And make sure you rate, review, and subscribe so you're locked in for the stretch run. We'll see if the Yankees can complete this stumble to the finish line with the division lead still intact, but it's down to four and a half games after dropping Thursday's series finale. And now a massive series against the Rays awaits in the Bronx. Um, But Sean, the Yankees have all kinds of injuries. The injured list is, is long and notable. And yet their team of backups plus Aaron judge was able to take three of four from the twins because they're the twins. Well, the Twins are just I, – I can't believe the Yankees took three out of four with the lineup they were rolling out there, including sweeping a doubleheader and being pretty much one bad umpire call away from, from a sweep. I mean, I thought that play at first base last night, Nestor definitely had the guy uh, – not Nestor, excuse me, Wandy had the guy out at, at first, but it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't – you know, we took Labor Day off. Um, happy holidays, everybody. But – I didn't think we were going to come back here and talk about the Yankees winning. Uh, you know, they went four and three since we last spoke, which really isn't bad considering that we got IKF hitting fourth. Yeah, IKF hitting fourth, Guzman hitting fourth in the opening game of a doubleheader. He goes over for, for five with four strikeouts and a grounder into a double play with the bases loaded and nobody out. The Yankees somehow win that game. They had Donaldson batting cleanup in Sunday's series finale against the Rays. We all know how much he's struggled so far this season. Oswaldo Cabrera has hit cleanup in the last couple days, despite posting an OPS a little bit above 500 this season. Uh, he did have the walk-off in, in the first game of, of two, uh, Wednesday's doubleheader, so he did finally come through but he had been struggling badly but i mean this just highlights how how much of a a wasteland this yankee roster has become every day we have a new il entry we had we had lemayhu yesterday as his toe inflammation is still not getting any better so he's on the shelf rizzo who has been having headaches since getting an epidural done to try to address his bad back now he's on the il we had Benintendi go on the IL with a broken 
broken bone in his hand. That could cost him the whole season. We'll see. But Sean, you look at this, you look at this IL roster, and you can make the case that this that this roster could compete for, I don't know, second or third place in the NL Central or at this point. I mean, you have you would have Sevy as your ace. Uh, I guess you could, you know, to, to fish for a catcher, we could say Ben Rortvet would be the catcher because we don't even know if he's a real person right now. Rizzo at first, DJ at second, Donaldson at third, since he's on paternity leave, we can add him. An outfield of Benintendi, Bader, and Carpenter. The Yankees would just need a need a shortstop because then the bullpen is stacked. You have Britton, King, Green, Castro, Efros, Chapman, and then your mop-up guy would be Albert Abreu. But I mean that that right there is a that's a first place bullpen on the IL. That's a first place starting pitcher on the IL and Severino, the right side of that infield and then DJ and Rizzo, uh, your left your corner outfielders and Benintendi and Carpenter. I mean this this team could compete in a couple divisions. I know and it's I think this is what makes the slide the August slide more frustrating is that the injuries were not as were not as severe back then they went into this slide and now they have the injuries and this is like i kind of you know not kind of but you wish they still had that cushion because now you're getting nervous right like you're you know like yesterday here or well i think it was yesterday they said carpenter's still gonna have to be in the boot a little while they did the first mri or whatever and there's still there's healing but he's not ready to come out of the boot so like that was discouraging that Matt Carpenter is still unable to to start get getting going and you start kind of getting worried because you have Stanton you have you know everybody you just said we have that that isn't isn't a player and we're running out of time and we don't have the luxury of sitting around and waiting because the Rays are coming into town and they're four and a half back so that's what makes this August slide so so that made the August slide so much more frustrating and here we are now it's gone from bad to worse but because the Twins are the Twins, the Yankees managed to win three out of four. Now you go up against the Rays pitching. The Rays, who are hungry, who always play the Yankees very well, um, are, are coming in and probably going to shut this lineup down. Because now people are not even messing with Judge because they're realizing that the players they have around Judge are not going to get it done. Glaber really, like yesterday, was pretty rough for him. With the, I think he had three strikeouts. He really needs to step up and start providing some protection for Judge. And he hasn't in the in the second half, but I don't I don't know where they go from here. There's no bats that are inspiring confidence in the lineup except for Judge. But you know, does Stanton come back tonight? If he does, does he get going? Because he's been really, really bad in the second half since coming back from that injury. Yeah, his timing has been way off since coming back from the Achilles issue. He worked a nine pitch at bat in a pinch hit spot last night and eventually struck out against the lefty so Boone seemed you know the eternal optimist seemed pleased and encouraged by Stan's battle at the plate the nine pitch at bat but like you said he's looked pretty lost since since coming back and has missed a couple days now because uh after fouling a ball off his foot so we'll see if he's back but Torres behind Judge is just not cutting it he's been I know he had the big home run on on Wednesday in, in the first game of the doubleheader. But aside from that, he's been a, a complete black hole since, since the all-star break. So there's very little hope in Torres helping judge out. And, and then on, um and then in Thursday's 
series finale. You have Kiner Falefa. I know you had a multi-hit game, but come on. I mean, you you know damn well the Twins are just going to intentionally walk Judge to get to IKF to load the. They did that to load the bases so they can face IKF with the winning run in in scoring position, and he grounds out to end the game. Was maybe hoping there could be a second grand slam from IKF in as many days after having just two home runs all season, but that was not meant to be. But this is what we're going to see more of. And this is, in my opinion, the one thing that could derail Judge's chase to the home run record is the fact that the Yankees have so little around him that he's nobody's going to pitch to them. And why would they? It's the, it's absolutely the right move. It's certainly the frustrating one, and opposing teams are going to hear a ton of boos in the Bronx the rest of the way. But the Twins intentionally walked Judge four times in the last three games. And it's it's going to be it's going to be more of the same because there is absolutely no protection around him. I mean, look, look at the look at the four hitters that surround Judge last night. You have Hicks in the leadoff spot. Terrible. Torres behind him. Terrible since the All-Star break. IKF pretty much terrible all season. Marwin Gonzalez hasn't had consistent playing time, but when he has terrible. And then you can even go even further and do hard behind him. Floreal. I mean, there is nobody. There's nobody in this lineup right now that you feel even somewhat uncomfortable pitching against a side judge. I mean, they they would put they would put him on base to face any other hitter in this lineup right now. Yeah, and it it, it reminds me now of probably even worse version of 2013 because all you had was Cano, who was an MVP caliber player, and nothing around him. But eventually, they at least got Alfonso Soriano. But this is this is tough, man. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm thinking like, what does you know? You look at the lineup yesterday, and you're like, wow, this is horrible. And then you think to yourself, well, what is the optimal lineup? I don't think I don't think there is anything that that would make sense. Um, no, you can but, pick them out of a hat at this point. Ju- yeah, lock in Judge at second, and then pick the rest out of a hat. I mean, that's it's that there's that much parity. There's that much unknown with what any of these guys can give you it's it's bad they're they're in dire straits and now like you said they're heading into a weekend against a raised team with notoriously good pitching and a very very good chance of complete completely shutting the yankees down this weekend and then making the next three weeks of the season painfully interesting and painfully tense as it's probably going to be regardless of how this series turns out but again fa- facing Tampa Bay pitching that's that's not the same as facing Louis Varland and uh Chris Archer and uh who they face in the nightcap I don't even I don't even remember, remember. that's how forgettable yeah. the the twins are but of uh, Joe Ryan like that's you're you're not going to be facing those guys when when you face Tampa When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, they face Rasmussen tonight with his two seven ERA and and Corey Kluber, who pretty much stymied them last time out. He has every time, and you know, 
I mean, your only hope is, you know, Montas looked really good against Tampa in his last start, his best start as a Yankee. Got to hope that they match zero for zero and, and judge comes up like after an error and a walk with two on and they don't walk him and he hits three run homer. That That's pretty much, yeah. the, that's the blueprint for victory, but maybe, maybe an occasional wild pitch. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but it was a, a hell of a week and you know, you, you start the last Friday night's game was embarrassing with the nine, nothing lost. And then you get the game against Tampa, the, the second game against Tampa, they lose two one only judge with the Homer and, and the, the ninth inning. But I mean, like, to be fair, they have been very, they've, they kind of got a couple games done when they really needed to this week, whether the, the game against Tampa was so exciting and so gut wrenching on Sunday where they, they have the escape. And then obviously you have the, the double header against the twins that you sweep with the the first game being pretty, pretty, uh, pretty exciting and, and uh, frustrating and extra innings, but they still got it done. So, I mean, you're happy. They're at least scratching and clawing with this lineup. I think that, you know, we, we kind of have said they found ways to lose throughout all of August. So I just want to give them credit for finding ways to win. Um, you know, they, they've won four games so far this week, which is an improvement. So, Oh, no, for sure. And they, even with a, a bad call at first base to set up Correa's home run last night, they had the, yeah. the winning runs on base to potentially sweep last night. So, no, absolutely. they. It's improbable how this kind of lineup has pulled out these wins. I, I guess if you're looking for an explanation, you can just say it's the Twins and the Yankees do this to the Twins all the time, regardless of who they have out there. But to, yeah, to steal that series finale against the Rays and avoid complete 100 percent uh panic and riot thanks to a, a somewhat friendly strike three call on that pitch from Holmes to yeah, uh, I think it was, it was Yandy Diaz but um again and then to come out and win another another three against Minnesota so now they've won four or five heading into Tampa the lead has not grown at all because the uh, Red Sox were absolutely worthless to the Yankees this week, getting swept by the Rays, so that didn't help at all. But now it could be a, an even thinner lead. Could go down to as little as one and a half at the end of this weekend. Or the Yankees could find a way to to claw out a couple wins and and hopefully, temporarily at least, put these complete collapse concerns on the back burner for a short while as the Rays will go on and continue their gauntlet of a rest of their regular season. And then the Yankees take on teams like, uh, like Boston. I think there's, I think there's some against Pittsburgh left. Milwaukee is, you know, Milwaukee has some tough pitching, but they've really been on a slide since the trade deadline, much like the Yankees. Well, yeah, they go Boston, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, Boston. So that that's, I hate to say it, but if you can t- just win one this weekend and and come out of it still two up in the loss side, your schedule is very easy um, for the next two weeks. And hopefully you start to get some guys back. But I think that's what's so frustrating is that we don't know. Like, who knows what's going on with Rizzo? Uh, they, they He's had headaches since the epidural. They haven't haven't made a connection really or anything, I don't believe. So who knows why he's having headaches when he's not laying down like that's really concerning and then kind of you know alarming and 
who knows what's going on with Stanton. They really didn't give a timetable on LeMahieu, but even when LeMahieu was playing, he looked like a shell of himself. He had no power. You could see he's the injuries are hurting these guys. And I thought um, I thought Cameron Mabin on Monday made a great point that both LeMahieu and Stanton, you can tell they're they're very top heavy in their swings, right? They're not. And then when you have leg issues as a hitter, you can't drive off. And, and that's really showing for both of them where they're they're just out of sync. They're not making hard, hard contact when they make contact. Stanton's barely making contact as it is. But, um, you know, you're you just you need to get some of these guys back and, you know, hopefully here in two weeks, maybe we get we get some reinforcements. But in that time, you're playing some teams that you should even at least on your pitching alone beat. So we'll see what happens. But this this lineup is and play, look, I, I'm I'm just, you know, Peraza's looked really good at short. He's had some big hits already. I know Oswaldo had the walk off, but he's been been rough lately. But he's that gets something great in the outfield. Though. Yeah, he he's been amazing on defense. It's been so much fun, and he plays with a little bit of swagger. I would just keep running him out there and let him figure it out because it's it's better than you know Lacastro or or Floreal at this point. Yeah, I I would Floreal. I don't need to see anything else from him. I'm sold on who he is, and I don't think there's much of a ceiling there. And and Duhar hit, hit the home run last night, but I mean, this poor guy can't get any kind of consistent at bats. He's just he took a, he took a big walk last night too, just, yeah, which is very unlike him. That's true, yeah. But he is um, logging those miles up and down the turnpike, going from Scranton to to the Bronx this season. I think that's I eighty, whatever it is. It's he spent a lot of a lot of time on it. This is that you're going to get a lot of navigation advice on this podcast. <laughs> we, we we got we know we know our directions. Well, the Yankees are going to have to navigate their way through this series somehow. It's I don't know what kind of lineup they're going to put out. Like you said, we don't know. Wander Franco might be back. I read. Yeah, that's yeah, he's, wonderful. He'll be back as as early as tonight as we record on on Friday. So there's another another tormentor to throw to throw in the lineup. But it's Jeter Hall of Fame night, so they got to win, right? Let's hope so. Can he play? I mean, they really, I think they need the most help in the outfield, but sure. Well, he'll finally make his move to the outfield, as many uh, many wondered if it was going to happen at the end of his career. Well, or third, he could play third, maybe, you know, instead of having uh, IKF IKF? there. Well, IKF has, has, since he moved to third base, (laughs) has been, been, uh, you know, 2007 a rod he's been who we thought he should be hitting grand slams he had two little infield singles yesterday so he's he's getting it done yeah um or one was an error maybe but anyway yeah let's put jeter a third because you know peraza's looked really good at short and then uh or you could put jeter at second keep ik keep ikf a third i like it i would love i would love that number two All right. um, What else did I want to touch on? Oh, uh, Jordan Montgomery was on R2C2 uh, yesterday. I wish he was on the Yankees. Yeah, exactly. Him and his 1.45 ERA in in seven starts since joining the Cardinals. But the notable thing that many people have noted is that in the last two months of Montgomery's Yankee tenure, he had a fastball rate of 5%. And in his what, six weeks since being traded? That's up to 32%. So he's throwing a ton more fastballs. He was asked about it 
on R2C2 by CC and, and Ryan Rucco. And he essentially said that he was told his fastball wasn't very good when he was with the Yankees. And he said that he did give the coaching staff some, some pushback when he wanted to use his fastball, but he said he was never able to use it enough to where he was, uh, where he could have enough confidence in it to keep throwing it because he was told to throw it so, so sparingly. And now he said that he's quote, pitching how I want and coming right after guys. And suddenly he now has a, a put away pitch. As we all know, he struggled to finish off batters when he was with the Yankees and getting in a lot of two strike counts, but never able to, to really finish, finish a, off a, off an at bat and, and get that big out. And I don't know about you, but this frustrates me to see because this is just the continuation of a trend of the Yankees being so stuck in their ways in terms of how they think they can maximize a player's talent and that they are always the smartest people in the room. And now he goes to a, a team like the Cardinals and he's pitching like, you know, early season Nestor Cortez in terms of, in terms of his efficiency. And you go back to Sonny Gray, who did this exact same thing, went on the R2C2 podcast and talked about how his, uh, pitch sequencing changed after leaving the Yankees because he was able to adapt a different philosophy. His slider usage went way up after getting traded. And then, bam, he's an all-star in his first year away from the Yankees. Lance Lance Lynn traded to the Yankees. His fastball usage goes way, way up the next season. And within two years, he's an all-star. I mean, how many times do we have to see the Yankees acquire a pitcher, become totally convinced that they know exactly how to get the best out of them and not seemingly taking much input from the pitcher himself. And then that pitcher doesn't work out, gets traded and is a Cy Young candidate or, or an all-star within two years. I mean, it's, it's so frustrating. And I know sometimes, you know, Montgomery also said on R2C2, the pinstripes are heavy and it's, they're not for everybody. I get that sometimes people just don't thrive in, in New York, Joey Gallo, not a pitcher, but he's, a clear recent piece of evidence, but I, I don't know. You, you've talked about it yourself and frustrated with the arrogance of Brian Cashman and some of his moves and just sticking to guys that he acquired because he's convinced they're eventually going to pay off and prove that he was right. But I feel like we see the same thing here and don't get me wrong. Matt Blake's done a great job, but it's just frustrating to see that this is still, still happening. It, yeah, the arrogance and the insistence that they're so smart is just, I'm so sick of it. And it reminds me of in the movie Moneyball, which which fails to mention the A's top three starters and their MVP winner, Miguel yeah. Tejada. <laughs> but uh, there's a scene where Brad Pitt says, like, you know, you talk and talk like, you know, but you don't like you don't know. And it's just they, that's how I feel about the Yankees. They just go on and on and on like they know what they're doing and they don't. They just they. They do not know how to develop or improve starting pitchers. They they tank some of these guys, and then these guys go off and have success elsewhere. Other than um, other than Jay Happ, I don't think there's been a Yankee acquisition starting pitcher that has has worked out. I mean, I, if you want to count Nestor, that's fine, but he kind of bounced around, went everywhere else, and and you know eventually figured it out. But I, I really don't know how much of that has to do with the Yankees because the Yankees obviously didn't see anything in him. They let him go what twice? And, yeah, and then he and then he found and then he found a cutter, a brand new pitch. So they were they were like, all right, we'll try it out because 
you're you're pretty pretty ter- terrible otherwise and they uh needed somebody in the starting rotation he was able to flash his flash his cutter and uh, yeah i don't uh, you know, you have to give credit where credit's due, but I don't give a ton of credit to the Yankees there. I think Nestor just found a new, a new pitch because he needed one to survive in the big leagues, and it turned out to be a really good one. Yeah, and I mean, other other than like Tyone has shown flashes, but no, hasn't consistently been, you know, the pitcher that we thought he could be. Uh, Paxton had a ton of issues early on. And, uh, you know, eventually, and that was coming off the fastball. He had to, you know, but it's tough, man. It's really tough uh, to, to watch Montgomery go over and, and have so much success. And then you hear like, oh, no, I was trying to do these things and the Yankees just wouldn't let me. And I just wish this I'm I'm ready for this regime to end and and go move on to the next. It's I mean, the Cashman regime has been our entire lives for the most part. I was 11 years old in 98 when he took over or actually I was 10 going on 11. I'm ready to see something new. I'm sorry. I just, it, it, to me, the organization's way too arrogant. You look at Randy Levine's comments in the paper. I mean, I know he's not going anywhere freaking jerk, but <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of the Yankees being like, Oh, we're the Yankees. Well, well yeah, you're a brand, but you're also a poorly run baseball team at times. And Montgomery and Gray are two perfect examples of that. And the way that you've treated some of your players have also been examples of that. Like there are ways to be there. There are ways to be um, cutthroat and kind of cold right? and calculated. Calculated is the word I'm looking for. There are ways to be calculated without being a dick. And the Yankees haven't figured that out yet. Right now, they're just arrogant. They're insistent that they're right. And they come across like, you know, tough, tough organization to root for sometimes. And this is just another another example, whether we look at the whole judge thing, Montgomery, Gray, Dellen Batansis, Derek Jeter, treat their players like crap. Like you don't need to make some of this stuff public. You don't need to uh, force a guy to do something he's uncomfortable with in terms of pitch selection. You know, there's I think David Cohn always says that sometimes the wrong pitch with the right conviction is better than the right pitch with the without conviction. And I think that it's showing with Montgomery right now. Yeah. And you'd, you'd like to think that Montgomery's resurgence is going to force some people within the Yankee front office, kind of open their eyes and say, maybe something needs to change around here, but I, I don't have, too much faith in that. I mean, I'm, I am a big believer in, in Matt Blake. He's done a fantastic job with the pitching staff that they have. And, um, you know, but he's another one that could be out the door this offseason. He's one of their biggest free agents along with along with Judge and, and Cashman. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Blake and the pitching staff as a whole, but something clearly has to change with with maximizing the, the pitchers they have and actually considering alternatives because it seems like the Yankees are just way too locked in into what they think is best and what they think is right. And a lot of times it's not right, but now moving on to a team that has very good pitching always and is run very smartly. And that's the Rays, the team that, that won't go away. That just keeps getting closer in the rear view mirror. Sean, we, I mean, we've already kind of talked about, uh, the the task at hand and and the road ahead this weekend and 
and uh, even talked about some of the pitching matchups. You've got Rasmus and Montas tonight. That's that's a tough ask. Kluber Tyone on Saturday is, is not much better because of how how well Kluber has handled this Yankee lineup. I mean, this Yankee lineup is a completely different one than, than the one he's used to facing, but certainly not better. So. Uh, are, are you just looking to salvage one game this weekend? What, what's what's your mindset? I want one. I think realistically with this lineup, you're not going to get more than that. Maybe you never know. It's baseball, but I just I, I need one game. That that's all I need because then they they have an easier schedule. The Rays have a tougher schedule, and you can kind of get some guys back. You just need to tread water at this point, more or less. All right. Well, who is going to get the belt? I mean, Judge is probably going to get on base eight times because he's going to be walked. So I'll take Judge. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, there's nowhere else to take. No, it's that's fair. I um, guess you could take Peraza. Like he's had a couple. He looks like he's he could have like a big moment in him, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I'll. I'll uh, I'm gonna take take IKF. Man, he's a cleanup hitter. Yeah, right. No, I'm going to take Trevino. I'm going to say he gets go. some gets a couple couple big hits. I can't think of any other bats that are going to do anything. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's that's my pick. I will say the only only really big positive, like obviously winning three out of four against the Twins is is a positive. But with all the injuries, we just realistically say, hey, it's the Twins, and we beat them all the time, no matter how good they are and bad we are, or or vice versa. But, uh, hey, baseball is going to have a pitch clock next year, so we're going to speed some of this up, which is, you know, I don't mind a long game. I, I I find it, I find it, I love baseball, so I love watching games, whether they're two hours or four hours, but I like action. So to have more action packed into a four-hour game rather than a, you know, a four-hour game that is just three to, three to one in, in nine innings, like, you know, I'm excited to see that. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, that'll be something to look forward to and see how that, affects the game uh, as of right now and this season under the current rules the Yankees have a ton of work to do to avoid this monumental collapse it's looking harder and harder to accomplish that with how many injuries there are but it starts this weekend right away with a bang the Rays are up and uh, we will be here to talk about it after the series wraps up so everybody hold on to your butts get ready for a massive uh Massive weekend, and we'll talk to you when it's all over. See you later, everybody. Let's go, Yanks.